Digital. Student-centered. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. Hi, I'm Barbie Panther. And I'm Tiffany Gunning. And this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deacon Learning Futures. I'm joined today by Tiffany Gunning, who's a Senior Lecturer in Curriculum Design and Development in the Faculty of Science, Engineering and Built Environment. And Tiffany's working with staff across her faculty in building First Nations knowledges and ways of knowing into the curriculum. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Um, indeed, we are, Barbie. Um, it's been a, a really, I'm going to say, interesting ride over the last couple of years. Um, I've been with Deacon for a number of years now, and I guess um, I've been always interested in building in awareness of First Nations knowledges, um, but I was never quite sure where to start. And I think the biggest blocker for me was just I lacked the confidence to actually just get started and have a go at this. So um, around 18 months ago, I was really lucky to be involved in our faculties, um, a project that is basically building our students' um, capabilities around employability. Um, and I was privileged to lead a project called Authentic Assessment. Now, part of Authentic Assessment, it doesn't sound like it would link to First Nations knowledges, but what this project gave me the opportunity to do was talk to unit chairs across all of our courses and as part of our authentic assessment strategy, we wanted to embed authentic assessment at three touch points in all of our courses. So what this um, allowed me to do was have conversations with key unit chairs across all of our courses. And what was really interesting is that so many of our unit chairs were also keen to build in First Nations knowledges, but they weren't sure where to start either. So we had this, um, I'm gonna say everything was coming together all at once to be able to start work in this area. And we've been able to make some pretty serious um, footsteps towards getting this in, um, built in. We're not there yet, but we are definitely heading in the right direction. I think the biggest challenge for, you know, non-Indigenous people to, mm. to move into this space is just not knowing where to start and what to do. So how did you approach that? Um, it was really interesting. Uh, obviously, I've been having conversations with my colleagues within um, my own team about how we would think about um, building it in because we've got some great examples. Obviously, Nakiri does some fantastic work with um, working with First Nations students and they create really awesome resources. And we've got um, Janine McBurney um, in our Life and Environmental Sciences um, school who has made some amazing like whole units that um, focus right heavily into that space. But when it comes to trying to build it across the course, we were never quite sure how you would actually do it. And so we were looking at ways, how do you scaffold it? What do you what do you focus on? So we were really privileged to work with a first year uh, unit chair in engineering. And we together, we figured out that there was a definite gap in the unit she was developing, which was engineering in society and we went well we need to be inclusive of all society and have all perspectives in here so we set together to um, create a module that would actually sit within her course content um, that would be the first step for our first year students to actually engage in this sort of information. That sounds fantastic I think you know engineering is one of those disciplines that people would say it's really hard to mm -hmm. um, put First Nations knowledge in um, what sorts of things um, are in that course? Um, well, again, it was um, a really interesting one. The, the actual unit itself had um, a focus on 
design and in on environment. And so the context that they were doing that in was they were looking at um, I suppose big arenas. And so one of the the ideas that came through was if you had a um, a focus on the Olympic Games, for example, then we could actually draw on the history of how um, Indigenous people, how First Nations was represented um, over time through our Olympic Games. So we started off going, okay, well, you know, obviously we know that welcome to country is important. We've had an introductory module on that um, and what the underlying meaning and purpose for that was. But then we segued in and said, so as far as history is concerned, um, let's have a look back at our previous Olympic Games. So we actually sourced information from archives from the late 50s and we found artwork and resources that were created for the 56 Olympics in Melbourne. And then we compared them to images and the way First Nations peoples were represented and celebrated at the Sydney Olympics in 2000. And the contrast was unbelievable. So this was something that we were able to demonstrate to students and um, and show them how society has grown and moved from the late 50s to where we are today. And obviously, there's still a huge room for improvement here. So we asked students, you know, well, why is it so important for engineers to have an awareness of First Nations knowledges and perspectives? And we were able to present them with a case study that was based in South Australia, where uh, they were building a bridge from the mainland to an island um, but with no consultation with local First Nations people or community. And, of course, they were building in a space where they just shouldn't have been building. It was in a sacred area. Um, and so there was this massive court case. And we were able to show students that consultation with community and traditional owners in the Australian context is just so vital to get things right. Um, and although this was a really long, drawn-out um, court case, um, at the end of the day, there was change. So there were outcomes that came from the, that's, that court case that opened people's eyes and made changes in relation to how engineering structures are created and located in the Australian context. Now, we were really privileged to have Melinda Kennedy, who's actually a Deakin student and a very strong and proud Wadawurrung woman. And she was able to talk to us about the work she was doing on um, a healthy country plan for this area. She gave a lecture to engineering students um, about her perspective on where Deakin is located and her connection to the land. Um, and she shared stories about her connection to help our students gain an appreciation of uh, what knowledge is already here and known about this part of the country and how our students can tap into that information. So as a result, we were able to create four major modules that were able to fit really well within the context of this unit. Now, we started with the School of Engineering um, and the outcomes from this unit have underpinned the design for um, second and third year units that we're now building. Um, but we were also um, really keen to make sure that all first year students had an equivalent experience in this subject matter. So we've also built a, uh, using the same concept, a unit for another first year engineering um, unit, but this one is more focused on environmental engineering. So we used a case study that focused on bushfire in the Australian environment and how First Nations peoples managed the ecosystems to, to prevent wildfire. 
So this way we could ensure all, all of our first year engineering students had a same or similar messages coming through um, their units, but with different contexts. Um, and then we were talking to other um, unit chairs who are also in the authentic assessment space um, in architecture in the built environment. And they were like, well, we would like that as well. So we've taken a similar structure, but again, built in something that was very specific to that particular unit so that all of the first years in um, architecture and built environment have had a very similar um, grounding. Um, and now we started working with first year life and environmental sciences um, and we are slowly moving across all of our courses, building from first year up. Um, so we're aiming to scaffold the same sort of messages for students um, as they progress through their course um, and doing our best to avoid repetition. Um, and this becomes really important because the authentic assessment strategy is part of a bigger employability strategy. We're now working with work placement units so that we're actually preparing our students to actually work with colleagues in the workplace that are First Nations. So we're trying to take the students' perspectives of, you know, them working with people, I suppose, as allies in their course to working with colleagues in the workplace and now we've got a, um, another part that we're really excited about is our students create portfolios in preparation for the world of work. So we've actually got another module that's being developed so students can show evidence and gain an understanding of how they can be a good ally in the community. So we're trying to take this from three different perspectives to try and um, give our students multiple opportunities to develop that understanding it sounds like an amazing project and really nicely embedded, like programmatic um, design, which is really fantastic. What do you think has been the biggest challenges in, in doing something like this? Yeah, look, um, I think the biggest challenge is confidence. So um, I've been working closely with my colleague and um, in, in our team. So Carla and I have been able to bounce ideas off each other and say, you know, how do you think this sounds? How do you think that sounds? And as much as we were like, okay, yeah, that sounds good, until we were actually able to get, um, I'm going to say reassurance is probably the best word, reassurance from somebody who is actually First Nations, we weren't confident to actually, you know, use any of this information. So, again, um, Melinda Kennedy um, and uh, Jessamy Gleeson from Nakiri have been instrumental in helping us develop that confidence. So we would actually create content and then go, would you mind having just a quick look and see how we've gone? And it was really clear straight away, like if there was something that they didn't like, <laughs> they would share that. And like, we'd be like, oh no, we've done something wrong. And they'd say, no, no, no. We would rather you had a go and got it wrong and learned along the way to improve it than not have a go at all. So I suppose the message for us was just have a go. You will build your confidence as you go, um, but we can't underestimate the importance of a First Nations voice within the content that we're creating um, because not being, you know, we're not First Nations. I, I certainly can't speak on behalf of anybody. But I also want to be very clear that the information we're representing is also true and correct and respectful. So I guess it's, for me, confidence was the biggest one. Yeah, I can totally understand that. 
Um, I've had the same experience myself. So, you know, if if you were um, wanted to give a message to people who were thinking about moving into this sort of space, you know, what would your message be? Start talking to your colleagues. Um, I know that we've been really, I suppose, at Deakin, there's there's an awareness there. So we've been able to reach out to some really amazing people um, across Deakin. So um, Tom Molyneux, um, obviously Jessamy and Melinda that I've spoken about, but there are other um, non-Indigenous colleagues that are really awesome in this space as well. So um, Again, I think it's start talking to people about what you want, what you would hope to have in your unit um, and then go out and actually have a go. Try and create something and then try and get feedback on it. Um, I did hear a really lovely story from somebody in our um, Life and Environmental Sciences group. They, I suppose the, the message that's sort of coming across is that we want reciprocation. So if we are trying to create content, and we want a First Nations um, feedback, what are we giving them in return? And so um, we're basically trying really hard to make sure that there is some sort of reciprocation. And um, I was listening to a story where um, one of our colleagues in Life and Environmental Sciences was actually invited to um, support a First Nations local um, group in Warrnambool. And because of the work that that he'd done with that group, they turned around and said, can we help you with anything that you're doing in your unit? And we were like, this is beautiful. This is this is what we want. We want people to work as a community. So for Deacon to reach out to First Nations and for First Nations to reach out to Deacon, that to me was just the most ideal story that I'd heard. So that's the, uh, I suppose, where we're trying to go now is we're actually trying to spread our wings beyond our Deakin colleagues to see how we can, as Deakin, can actually support other First Nations communities and then hopefully have them help us as well. What a beautiful place to start. And I think mm. as as Mark Rose um, always says, you know, reconciliation is really predica- predicated on conversation and it sounds like you're doing just that. Um, it sounds like a wonderful program, Tiffany, and congratulations to you and your colleagues. Um I look forward to hearing how the rest of it goes over time and we might have you back again sometime soon. I would very much like to talk again, yeah, and we're very excited to see how this is all uh, how this all goes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem.